This is LBC from Global, leading Britain's conversation. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Four minutes after 12 is the time and a rather unexpected Mystery Hour, given that we were um, uh, legislating for a rather longer Queen's speech and perhaps hoping for a little more detail. But no matter, there will no doubt be plenty of, uh, of analysis and commentary coming up later in the day on LBC. We will. Do you know what this is? Have you worked it out yet? This is the last mystery hour of the decade. Not the last mystery hour of the year. Not the last mystery hour of the month. Not the last mystery hour of the um, week. But the last mystery hour of the decade. I kid you not. It's remarkable that. I wonder what we should dig out when the first one was. Anyway, I digress and you may not have any idea what it is. If you do know what it is and you want to get involved, now's your chance. 0345 We didn't take calls for the last half an hour or so of the last hour, which, for reasons I've never fully understood, often means that it's a little bit slower to get things started once we reopen the switchboards. Take that as a, as a temptation, perhaps even an inducement. So this is what it is, OK? There is a question bubbling away in the back of your mind to which you are very keen to find an answer. You perhaps could find that answer by looking it up in a reference book or even, God forbid, employing a search engine. But because you, like me, believe in knowledge as, a, as, a, as an end in itself not just as a means to an end, knowing stuff is good, then you want to offer somebody else the opportunity to share with you and everybody else listening to this programme something that they know. To wit, when you ring in with an answer, I'll ask you what your qualifications are, and you will say to me something like, oh, well, I am the Professor of Public Understanding at the University of Brighton, Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton, James. Or you may say, I saw it on the telly last night, bruv. And they are both equally valid, answers to the question. So when I say what are your qualifications, you don't have to, you know, divvy up a bag of gymnastics award four or a cycling proficiency at Stourport Police Station in 1986. It could just be the reason why you know something. It's my job. It's my hobby. It's my life. Uh, the number remains the same, whether you're ringing in with a question or an answer. And that's it, really. I think we shall... Um, See how we get on. The proof of the pudding is, as ever, in the eating. And if you want to bring a question with a with a particularly Christmassy flavour, then that would be doubly welcome, of course, today. I did once conduct Mystery Hour in the Christmas season while dressed as Santa Claus. But I don't remember that person. I, I, I don't, I'm such a serious, level-headed, earnest individual these days that I find it very hard to remember the, the mischief-making, immature... Uh, 40-something man who thought it was a good idea to dress up as Santa Claus while on the radio. Ho-hum. Uh, Chris is in Epsom. Chris, question or answer? A simple question. Um, wow. Artists get royalties or possibly the writers on records. Um, I want to know who gets the royalties on Live Aid's um, Band Aid's... Do, who, do they know it's Christmas now? Well, who, who gets the royalties now? Yes. Is it, well, the charity still exists, doesn't it? Is it? Didn't it? Didn't, uh, yeah. didn't it fall into well, comic relief or something like that? Yeah, but they said last night on the on the radio yeah. um, that it's raised 150 million pounds. But I wonder who gets the royalties now if the charity still gets it, or if a particular person. Oh, gets it won't it, be right? going. Oh, no. well, you say so you're crikey! I'd be amazed because do you know who wrote it? I would imagine it was Bob Geldof and Mature. But... Correct, it was. But if they're getting money for it, mate, I'll give you. I'll, I, shall, I shall buy you a thousand mince pies. That's what I thought as well. I'd be staggered. So, okay, just a more of a confirmatory referendum, perhaps, than an actual uh, a binary one. Where, where do the royalties go? I'm 99% certain that they will still go to whatever charity has, has evolved from the original Band-Aid. But it's an interesting question, so we will 
try to find out for you. Eight minutes after 12 is the time. You are listening to... What, did, what is it Moyles was mocking me for yesterday? I've never noticed. I say eight minutes after 12 is the time. I don't say eight minutes after 12, that is the time, do I? Apparently I do. Yeah, there's even a drinking game. John's in Barnet. John, question or answer? Question. Carry on. Why do we put um, a penny or a coin in a Christmas pudding? It's for luck, isn't it? Well, I don't know. That's why I'm ringing you. Yeah, whoever finds it is lucky. No, but no, but where does that originate from? Sorry, oh, we're doing chicken and egg. Clearer. We're doing chicken yeah. and egg. Not what does it mean when you find it, but why did we put it in in the first place? Yeah, yeah. I quite like that actually. Don't try and answer it yourself. Why not? You, you always do that. Yeah. yeah well, you're still listening, ringing. so you must like it. You see. So what you're doing? You're ringing a feature to contribute to it because you love it, and now you're criticising one of the reasons why you love it in the first place. I'd, I'd like an answer from someone else. Why? Is, is what I mean. That's a bit... Because you always try and answer the questions. Yeah, I usually get them right, mate. Do you want a right answer or do you want an answer from someone else? I want an answer. Well, if Professor Howes is listening, I'd, I'd rather an answer from Christmas puddings? Well, it's got nothing to do with science, putting coins in Christmas puddings. But isn't he the uh, professor of, 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 like, general knowledge or something, or public no. knowledge? No, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's nine minutes after 12, Dan's in Bristol. Dan, question or answer? It's a question. Carry on. If you went back in time and were to draw a map of the Earth, um, obviously back in dinosaur times and whatnot, you would just see continents and land masses and islands and whatnot. Yes. But at what, at what point in time would we first have ever seen a man-made land border? That's quite a strong question. Mm, right, so. well, well, but by man-made, you mean man-drawn, or do you mean actual infrastructure? Build the well, wall. As in, well, as in an arbitrary division between two defined countries. So it wouldn't necessarily be policed? Well, no, but um, it, it's not I'm not, I'm not, I'm not by... being a silly beggar. I was just sort of thinking of the Great Wall of China or... or no, or, no, no, no. Or... Just, just a line on a map that denotes two countries, one from the other, that isn't just the sea and the land. You know, because like I said, in... in if you go back far enough, you wouldn't have had lines on a map. You would just have had the outline of the continents. And and you can still find borders, geographical borders, whether it's a mountain range or, or as you suggest, a river. But you, you mean, so if you look at Sykes-Picot in the Middle East, I mean, literally a French and an English diplomat with pencils and rulers drew exactly. borders on a map. But you're only going back to the 19th century for that. Yeah. I love so this question. Have... I love it. Yeah. The first ever arbitrary human-drawn border between two separate sovereign land masses. Yeah, exactly. I want to know the answer. So do I now. And and there must be an answer as well, wasn't there? I would have thought. I assume so. Unless it happened so so far... Well, okay, we'll try and find out. The first ever man-made land border, but not in the context of infrastructure necessarily. Just, Just so you would walk from one country to another because somebody said so. It's so weird when you think about it like that, isn't it? Uh, Alan is in Northumberland. Question or answer, Alan? Question, James. Carry on, mate. Why are supermarket ceilings so high? Pardon? Well, when you go to a supermarket these days, the ceilings are 20-odd foot high, but nobody could ever reach that high. And actually, they make the lights drop down from the top of the ceiling. When did you first notice this? A couple of weeks ago. And this would be a new supermarket, a new well, it, yeah, I just I don't ones. have a mental image, Alan. Well, you've got you got one of these big hypermarkets, big supermarkets, 
and they've got really high ceilings. Which they don't they need. They never use any of the space. Well, it must be psychology, mustn't it? It must make yeah, us spend more money on so. most things. Are so. I just, just bear with me a minute, because my local budgets doesn't count. That's, that's just a glorified corner shop. The Waitrose on the high road, similarly, is just one of the little ones. So my local massive Sainsbury's, I walk in, I've never looked up. I've never looked up, Alan. Yeah, but these are, you know, it's these sort of out-of-town big supermarkets. They're purpose-built to be supermarkets. Yeah, no, I know. My big, my local Sainsbury's isn't out-of-town, but it's one of the big ones. And I, it's, Yeah, all right. I mean, I, 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 it's one of those questions that I can't decide whether it's brilliant or awful at the moment. I'm leaning towards brilliant. Thank you. Supermarket ceilings. Why are they so high? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. John's in Dundee. John, question or answer? Hi, it's a question. It's a Christmas question. Good Why man. do we market penguins with Christmas? Because Santa lives at the North Pole. But the penguins are from the south. See, I knew you were going to do that, and that—that's the answer <laughs> to your question, isn't it? Is that because people think penguins come from the North Pole? I don't know if it's just like lazy, like where, but where does it come from? Is it lazy, traditional kind of thinking? Yeah. I, I don't understand. Well, of course you do. You already know the answer. Clearly, they are designed to convey the chilly atmosphere in which Father Christmas inhabits for the other 364 days of the year. Yeah, but what about like polar also, bears? They're not that big a thing. Pole. They're not, not that big a thing about Christmas. No one really thinks of penguins when you say Christmas. But they're all over the place. I'm seeing them more and more. Changes. They're not, John, John, mate. Bothering. You've got a bit of an obsession with penguins, mate. Or either that, or they're following you. No, there is no particularly strong bond between Christmas and penguin. I'm just going to take a show of hands in the studio. There, there, there's no such thing as a Christmassy penguin, is there? You see them in the shops all over. It's like sun catchers, plush teddies. I mean, I, I just, I, I cannot escape it. Well, then, well, then, they, well, then the, the answer is because they come from the cult place, and so does Father Christmas. They, they, there is no other admissible answer on this one. I just think it's lazy geography. Well, it might be lazy geography, but you can't ring in to complain about lazy geography. This is mystery hour, not flipping rent-a-rant or, or have a moan hour. That's every other hour of the week on the programme. 12.15 is the time. This is LBC. This is LBC. Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Call 0345 6060 973. 12.17 is the time. Where do the royalties go now from Do They Know It's Christmas? Did you know that Ethiopia is the home of one of the oldest Christian communities in the world? So that when they asked in that song, Do They Know It's Christmas Time at All? The answer would almost certainly have been yes. Uh, all right, not, not as interesting as I thought it was then. I thought I might get a round of applause for that. Um, rounds of applause are on offer if you can answer that question, or indeed what, for me, is one of the finest mystery hour questions of all time. When was the first hand-drawn, or man-drawn land border, i.e. an arbitrary line, not, not a river or a mountain range, between two countries, two separate countries? That's a brilliant question. I really hope that there is an answer to it, and indeed that we find it. Similarly, things that you've never noticed before but once they're pointed out it's a thing that makes you go hmm why are supermarket ceilings so high and uh i don't know that the christmasy penguin question actually counts but i shall i shall leave it on the board nevertheless um jim is in reading question or answer jim hello it's an answer james oh hang on jim breaking news for you we've just been told that the department for exiting the european union will be wound up once the uk leaves the eu on the 31st of january as i predicted oh. on monday carry fantastic on. <laughs> happy days go on answer which question are you answering it is on the royalties for do they know it's christmas oh yes 
Uh, yeah, I've just looked on the PRS portal, which is an app that anyone who's a member You're can look on. not supposed to look stuff up, but I will allow you to do this because you need to be qualified in order to access that particular app. Exactly. I was just double-checking. I was right before ringing in. And unfortunately, I thought as well, because it's a high price you're paying, mm. you owe that chap a thousand mince pies, I'm afraid, because it's uh, 25% Midjur, 25% Bob Geldof, 50% random publishing company. Are you winding me up? Not at all. I, not the Band-Aid Trust or something like that? No, apparently not. Perhaps so they pass it on. They uh, must but From what I can gather... I'm not giving any mince pies over yet. So according to the PRS, the Performing Rights Society, the, the, yeah. the royalties, the, the, the songwriting royalties from Do They Know It's Christmas go to the songwriters? Correct. 25% your, 25% gold, 50%... Random publishing company that I won't name on air. No, no, don't. But it is just a recognisable publishing company. Yes. Well, I, I mean, crikey, I'd be, I'd, I'd be a mate. Well, this is awkward, isn't it? I'm afraid so. And you know what? They even got a distribution this very morning. So uh, well, they, could be, they could be spending it as we speak. Well, or they could give it all to charity as a matter of course every single year. And this is more of an accountancy um, issue than a, than a charitable one. But we'll find yeah. out. Qualifications? I they probably do give it away, being right. the generous liberal... Well, you'd hope so. Well, no, be, being being the people that wrote a song to raise money for charity, more pertinently. I don't care yeah. about their politics. What, exactly. um, what are your qualifications? you kind of already uh, told I've me. been a musician for my entire life. That'll do nicely. Round of applause for Jim. Well, not your entire life, Jim. What were you playing in the cradle? Yeah, actually, OK, you got me there. But, uh, yeah, that's why they pay me the big bucks. as soon as I can stand. Good man. Uh, 20 minutes after 12 is the time. Mickey is in Islington. Question or answer, Mickey? Um, question. Carry on. Uh, how much does the world weigh? I quite like that as well, actually. And I'm not talking about because believing Brexit or anything like that. It's just, like, how much does it actually weigh? How much does the world weigh? How on earth would you find out? I know. Because, like, obviously back in time and we didn't have all these buildings and things, oh, the no, materials were still there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the world won't have changed its weight much, if at all, over the years. Really? The, the, well, the only thing that would have added to the weight of the world is the... Well, I was about to say, like, bones and skeletons of all the dead people, but considering that every body is going to be made up of energy that was already on... No, no the, the, the weight of the world will be the same as it always was. But what about... When Don't argue like with me, you... Mickey. Don't argue with me. <laughs> I've been thinking about this, and I've been moving my room round. Because <laughs> our sofa's really heavy. No, but it can't, it can't, it can't be, because it, it, no, everything that's on the like earth now field, was but... on the earth before, but in a different form. Yeah, but um, in science, different matter forms to create other matter, and that's heavier in density. Is it? One of yeah. us, one of us, is out of our comfort zone now, and I've got a feeling. <laughs> well, no, it's like it's like water becoming ice. Yes, sort of. I don't know, but no. have you ever thought of that? I have. No, well, I'm interested in how how much the world weighs, but I don't think it would be any different now from it was when you know when the old queen was on the throne. Twenty-two minutes after twelve is the time. Rob's in Little Standing. Rob, question or answer? Uh, I've got an answer for you, James. Bring it on, Robert. Uh, it, it is about why supermarkets are so tall. So we're, we're uh, accepting the parameters of the question, the premise of the question, are we? Yep. Uh, so they are, they are built very high, and the reason is quite simple, really, is that if they need to expand in the future, it's far cheaper to build a mezzanine floor uh, so they can then put a second floor in the supermarket than it is to buy 
extra land to and build. And I, I have seen that happen, not necessarily at a supermarket, but another out-of-town shopping centre that, 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 that was expanding its range. I think it was a furniture shop, and it opened a new floor for beds. Yes. Yep, so the biggest, the biggest supermarkets, are obviously, you know, the top three are. Uh, they all they all do it by fact, so they can put like a clothing department upstairs if they need to. Well, I know qualifications. Uh, I'm, I sell. I mean, I work for an engineering company that sells the steel construction industry. Well, that's pretty perfect, isn't it? As a qualification, because you need a steel to build a supermarket. Absolutely. Do. And in fact, the bigger the, the bigger you can write this down, Rob. The bigger the supermarket, the more steel you'll need. Absolutely. <laughs> Round of applause for <laughs> Rob. Thank you. <laughs> James is in Cambridge. James, question or answer? There's a question, please, James. Carry on, mate. So, being Christmas time, uh, everyone overeats, you indulge in all the nice things, mm. uh, and obviously everyone puts on a bit of extra timber. Yes. Why do certain body parts not get fat, such as your eyeballs? Your eyeballs? Sort of, you don't see anyone, like, sort of, why, don't, why doesn't fat get deposited? Because there isn't on... any fat in your eyeballs. Or what about things like your tongue, then? Well, similar, you know, there's, it's there's, the same. There's, 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 yes, but... Cells are made of lipids, which are fats, and why aren't there excess, excessive fat deposits in these areas? Why because there aren't any sort of... fat deposits in your eyeballs or your tongue, so, so they wouldn't, the more fat that's in your body, the, the, none of it's going to be in the areas where there aren't any fat deposits. Are there no fat deposits, though? No. How do you know? Okay. Aidan's in Chiswick. Aidan, question or answer? Hello, James. Hello, uh, question, please. Yes. In theatres or TV studios, why is the green room called the green room? I know this. Do you? I think I do, yeah. It is because the light would be green in the room because that would not cast, for some reason, onto the stage. Really? Yeah. But you, you sound a bit skeptical. Aren't green rooms usually in the back nor near the stage? Well, these days they are, but in the olden days, the green room was right next to the stage. It was essentially the backstage sort of area. Oh, OK. And so the light in there would um, not impinge upon the stage. They were painted green, I think, and they, and, and they also had a... I may have got this wrong. It's something to do with light. OK. You, are you going to no, accept that? I don't know if no, I would, actually. You're me with loads of confidence here. No, but I'm even running out of my own confidence, which doesn't happen to me very often. All right, we, we will find out. Why is a green room called a green room? Okay, thanks. Good, good man. Uh, Bill's in Colchester. Bill, question or answer? Uh, question, please, mate. Carry on. Uh, well, I know the Queen ain't allowed to vote, but how far down the royal family would that go? Like, would uh, Andrew be allowed to vote, or Edward, or... I quite like that question. I don't know. No, I don't know either. What's the um? What's the reasoning for not letting the Queen have a vote? Do we know? Well, no, I don't. I, no, no, I got a clue. Though. It'd be something to do with Charles the First, probably, won't it? Or, uh, probably. Yeah, your your uh, knowledge would be better than mine on that. But I've uh, uh, got a clue. No, so how far how far down, down the royal family tree? Yeah, does, like, I mean, does... would Eugenie and Beatrice be allowed to? Well, I don't know. No, 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 no. I mean, it's a great question. Let's find out for you. Who, yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Well, who's the most senior royal that is allowed to vote? Would be an easy way of doing it. Or the most junior royal that isn't. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. So we've got the man-made land border. We've got the supermarket ceilings. That's been done actually. We've got the silly question about penguins. How much does the world weigh? 
That's the kind of thing you might get asked at a Sandhurst entrance exam. Actually, no, it's not. It's, it's the kind of thing you might get asked at an Oxbridge entrance exam. Because what you need to do is come up with a way to work out how you would, how could you weigh the world. I've got an answer. You'd need an enormous bath. And you put the world in the bath and see how much water was displaced and use that to calculate how much the world weighed. But that's probably not very plausible. Um, why are green rooms in theatrical and uh, cinematic circles called green rooms? And how far down the family tree does the Queen's inability to vote um, reach? 0345 is the number to call if you can answer any of those, or indeed if you have a question of your own. Oh, and the first question we forgot to put up, why, did, um, why do we put coins in Christmas puddings, where, where does that tradition come from? I know that it, the, the finder of the coin is supposed to be lucky, but wh where did that come from? 27 minutes after 12 is the time. Andy is in Greenwich. Andy, question or answer? Yeah, hi there, James. Yeah, I just wondered if you played a, an instrumental piano bit of music to an animal that was sad, like Chopin's funeral march, like da 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 would it feel sad or a happy bit of music? Would it feel happy? How would you know? How could you know? How could you find out? How could how could you know? You could do some sort of brain scan, but would it also be the same for an alien from outer space? Would they feel well, now happy with a happy bit of music? And now you're being ridiculous. You're, pre you're presuming the existence of aliens. If, if there were aliens, would they well, that, feel... That's a silly... I, that, it's, it was borderline stupid before you brought aliens <laughs> into it, Andy. I'm sure you could test if an animal was... Yeah, an animal, may, maybe, of, but again, I don't... Okay, um, a cow or a chicken or a cat. Yes. Well, how would you measure Worm. it? Dogs get sad, don't they? But when they're missing their master or something, would they get sad? Could they get an emotional trigger from a piece of music? I'm sure they could. Oh, they do play but don't music they play music to cows to make them milk do, better? Yeah. Well, that's your answer, isn't it? Studies done, yeah. Well, that's your answer. But do they feel happy and Well, no, you can't start player. specifying what emotions they feel. The question ultimately <laughs> is, do animals have an emotional reaction to external the same emotional oral stimuli? Human. Well, no, I, I don't know that you'd be able to establish that, but we might be able to find out. I got a lovely Christmas card off Dr. Dog, so he might be, uh, Vieri might be able to provide an answer to that, although not, not, not necessarily, I think, would be the caveat I'd put in place. It's 12.29, you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Selection of questions, all in need of answers, but... Um, before the break, before the news headlines, let's go to Dan, who's in Bromley. Dan, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Carry on, mate. Uh, it's not about the guy said uh, you put that Christmas weight on. Why do only certain body parts get fatter? Yeah, that, um, uh, up until that point, it was quite an interesting question because I thought he was, but but then he said, why doesn't your tongue get fat? And it all fell apart. Yeah, well, basically, you don't ever you don't gain new fat cells. You have fat cells, and the fatter you are, the more fat deposits inside these cells. So if a certain body part doesn't have fat cells, it won't get deposited with lipids. He was quite right when he said there were lipids. That's a clever version of what I said. Is that there aren't I any? Well, said there aren't any fat. There aren't any fat deposits in your tongue or your eyeballs, so they can't get fatter. No, that's it. I mean, and also genetics determines where, uh, like where, where your body gets fat first. I mean, with me, it's always the gut, unfortunately. But, Same um, here, actually. Yeah. So you know, some people get it. Uh, beneath their muscles, like you get the hard belly. Some people get it above their muscles, the, the, the soft belly. Very true. Very, what are your qualifications, Dan? Uh, a very fat nutritional therapist. <laughs> is, that, is that a good advert or a bad advert for your profession? <laughs> well, there's lots of reasons why, mate. There's lots of reasons oh, why. Well, here's a round of applause. Thank you. There you go. Half past 12 is the time. Tim Humphrey has your headlines. This is LBC. We've got a steward's inquiry on a question rather than an answer, which I think might be a mystery hour first, but it has come from Kidderminster, which means I will pay it more heed than I would if it had come from anywhere else on this planet.
Ken from Kidderminster writes, it shouldn't be how much does the planet Earth weigh, James. Rather, it should be what is the mass of planet Earth, since weight is a computation involving mass and gravity in all its variations. Mass is constant, but weight varies according to gravity. James's solution of putting the... Oh, Ken, don't spoil it, mate. I'm another son of Kidderminster. James's solution of putting the Earth into a bath full of water is wrong. The Earth would simply displace its own volume. To measure its mass, the Earth would have to float. The mass of the volume of water displaced by the floating object is equal to the mass of the floating object. Blimey, Ken. That's a strong play. So the question... I'm going to give you a round of applause. And I'm going to give you another one for being from Kidderminster. And I'm going to change the parameters of the question. What is the mass of the Earth? I wonder whether it is indeed knowable. 12.35 is the time. Chloe is in Chelmsford. Chloe, question or answer? Answer. Carry on, Chloe. Um, so in regards to the um, question about the dog, um, the behavioural reaction to music, oh, yes. um, you'll be very surprised, actually. Um, mm. Animals reacting to my current... Uh, currently, my friend... Um, has already done well. She's finished her dissertation in literally this, uh, except on horses. Really? Um, what, do so, horses yeah, respond so to music? Yes, so you'll be oh, very, I never. very surprised. Oh, you're telling um, me I in, will. Her in her dissertation, um, the horses reacted to rock and heavy metal music much better than classical music. What do you mean by um, much better? Uh, How do you measure a horse's happiness? Uh, heart rate. So, uh, as horses are flight, uh, well, generally flight animals, um, when it, their sympathetic um, innovations kick in, yeah. um, their heart rate will increase, their respiration will increase. Um, that's obviously very, very similar to other animals as well. And that means they're happy? Uh, no, they're, when their heart rate increases, it means they're uncomfortable. It means so they're they unhappy. Yeah, so they're so uncomfortable. rock music would slow down a horse's heart while classical music would speed it up? Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It made them uncomfortable. Yeah. And, of course, if they're very, very sad, you can tell because of the long... No, I'm yeah, not, I'm yeah not they're doing both very, very uncomfortable. You can tell You can tell by their facial expressions. I, 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 and and so, what was the title of your friend's thesis? Oh, uh, uh, you are. I actually, I'm not sure of the title. And she's not um, with, she's not with you at the moment? Uh, no, no, she's not. Because if it had been her, Sorry. she would have got a Ray Liotta. We, we would have given her the hi highest accolade. Because if you've done it, if someone asks a question about do mammals respond to music and you've just finished your thesis, what, what level, PhD or, or undergraduate? Uh, I'm an um, undergraduate. Okay. I'm an undergraduate. She's a postgraduate. And so this this was a postgraduate thesis, a master's, yeah, yeah, yeah. a master's. There's actually, there's also many, many, many. How uh, many? Studies. Yes. Many, many. Many, many. Yes. Uh, on there's loads of studies on this. So if you just go on Science Direct. Um, well, or I never... El, uh, El no, I don't. Need, I just need a yes or a no, and the answer is yes. Music does yes. have an emotional impact yes. on mammals. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and there's many different pieces of science How many? evidence to support that. Many, many. <laughs> Round of applause for Chloe. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> many, many claps. Uh, what's that? Sorry? Is it me saying many, many? Twelve thirty-eight is the time. Neil is in Surbiton. Neil, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, James. Um, happy Christmas to you. Thank you. And um, to you too. What I'd like to know is, I know Prince Albert bought Christmas trees over from Germany in the Victorian times. Yeah, thank Christmas cards. What I want to know is, what, what, why did, why did uh, the Germans have Christmas trees in the first place? It's like the origin of Christmas trees. Yeah, basically, yeah. I, was, I quite like that. Isn't it something to do with the Druids? But then that wouldn't be German, would it? No. Necessarily. All right. I bet there's a I bet there's a pagan thrown in there somewhere. Well, that's what I meant more than Druids, pagans. But but I mean the yeah. Germanic tribes, trees, trees, yeah. trees, dryads, trees. It's not coming. It's not coming, Neil. It's not happening. I, I, 
Yeah, I, I've got a feeling someone told me once, I, I, I think they were blagging me, but it's got something to do with the German pagan sacrificing people. Well, I never. But uh, that's why I wanted to check ha- it. By hanging them from trees? It. By hanging them from trees? Burning them tr- on against trees. But using humans instead of baubles? Yes, human baubles. Human baubles. I've got all their albums. <laughs> Neil, I will do my damnedest to get you an answer at 12.39. Um, origin of Christmas trees. Also the origin of putting pennies in Christmas puddings. The members of the royal family who are not allowed to vote. How far down the line of succession does it go? Why are green rooms green? And how much does the world weigh? What's the mass of the world? Uh, we also have questions about penguins. And when was the first land border drawn by human hand? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. We're not going to get an answer to that. I've got a horrible feeling. Miles is in Brighton. Miles, question or answer? Good afternoon. Um, it's a question. Go on. My question is: How many taps would have to be run in one city before the water just stopped running? Oh man, that's not a proper question. That's a proper question. It's not a proper question. Well, it's a question to me. Well, it might be a question, but I mean, it, it's, just, <laughs> it's just not. It wouldn't even be true in in two cities, would it? It would depend on pressure. It would. Depend. Well, do you know where the water's really? I'm just going to go a bit partridge now, but this is information you'll thank me for one day. Do you know where okay. the finest tap water in the world is? What city? No. Vienna, where is it? Vienna. 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 Right. I had some lovely tap water in Austria. Yeah, well, there you when go. I was skiing. There you go. Yeah. Even better when you get to Vienna. Very hard to sell mineral water in Vienna because the stuff coming out of the taps is so delicious. <laughs> that is a problem, isn't it? Yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> you wouldn't want to open a mineral water shop in Vienna. But I don't know that, that your question is, is improving by the application of banter. No, well, but, but yeah, <laughs> it, it must happen, though, right? If, no. if so many taps are run. No, but, but how would you run out it, of water? It's a reservoir. It's the, miles away. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but how long have the taps? It wouldn't be how many taps, because theoretically you could leave one tap on for long enough and then you'd run out. It's not a good question. It is. It's not a proper question. <laughs> it is. The parameters is. of the question are not, are not proper. But I'll put it, it on the board, because it's Christmas. But it's rubbish, oh, thank man. You. Absolutely no, rubbish. Absolute question. crud. Possibly the worst <laughs> question ever in the history of questions. Oh, dear. <laughs> How okay. many taps would have to be running before you ran out of water? Honestly. 12.41. Ian, 12.41? Where's it all gone? We've got, we've, got, we've got 20 minutes left, less than 20 minutes, and we've got loads of questions to answer, and we're wasting our time with questions about taps. Ian's in Guildford. Question or answer, Ian? It's an answer, James. Yes. Um, I'm querying the answer. Oh, I'm not having... having queries on my programme today. Is it a steward's inquiry? It is, really, because oh. I don't believe that, that supermarket ceilings are as high as they are because uh, there might be further development. I, I believe it's to do with the structural uh, design of the buildings. The structural what of malarkey? Design of the buildings. Well, if no, but that's a, a bit wider... like saying, why is it, why the that's a bit like saying, because they are. No, if you want a wide space, then you need a greater depth in your beam above, which you really need a, a structural designer to fully explain it to you, because I'm not qualified for that, although I did study structures. No, but I can have pillars. You could do Then you're putting um, uh, uh, marks. You've got pillars all over the floor, whereas in supermarket, you want big open spaces. I've so got pillars in my local feet. waitrose. Because there's well, one bit by the milk where you have to go. You, you can only just squeeze a trolley. Tro- trolley. You can only just squeeze a trolley through the gap between the milk and the pillar near the, but just between the milk and the wine at the back of the shop. 
But well, that, that may be. But pillar, that, but pillar, that, not that, pillow. <laughs> but that's because of the design. If you think about... But uh, I know a shop that had a high ceiling and it was on one floor and now it has a mezzanine. I actually know the shop. I can see it in my mind's eye. I know. Yes, there's one here in Guildford as well. Well, that's but why I, they build I, them so high. I don't think that was the original reason as to why they build them so high. It's because if you use high, if you use a higher roof space, you can use smaller structural members to create that. Oh, now you're sounding than, clever. Than using a deep beam, which you've then got to get services through. What are your qualifications? I've been in construction 40 years, and I'm a member of the Chartered Institute of Building. Ah, OK. Well, that changes things slightly. So you're saying you can't... You can't... <laughs> Stop it, you've set me off, you silly man. <laughs> so what you're saying is uh, that in order to have that breadth of a building, the length and the breadth of a building, you have to be high because of structural tensions. You do, yes. Oh, the, I don't the, quite the understand why. What, but because the, surely if I... Okay. Whoa, 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 because you're then getting into things called the... Uh, gosh, you're taking me back so many years. The IXX axis and the Y axis and the design of the beam. Yes. But right, okay need, then, okay, okay, the no, height. wait, 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 right. No, no you no, need the uh, height of the what? beam to get the width of space. Okay, so I've built a huge building, a hangar-type structure... Right, which yes. has to be, which you say has to be really high, in order to be that long and wide. Yes. And now, I'm gonna, now at... no, hang on. Now I'm going to raise the floor using concrete, which means I could have it really long and wide with a low ceiling. Yes, but you've still got the depth of the beam in the overall structure. Yeah, but the ceiling's low. The, the ceiling's low. Wait there. Wait. Don't go away. Ian. Rob's in Hampshire. Rob, what's going on? Right. Uh, volume inside a building yes. is easy to, to control temperature uh, because of air volume over movement of people and to regulate in temperature so they have more of a constant temperature. So the bigger the building, the easier it is to regulate the temperature? And cheaper to regulate. Why? Just because of it's easy to control cool and heat up. But you don't... You, volumes you, of air you, and it maintains the heat. You don't better. necessarily render Ian wrong, do you? It could be no. both. It could be that the structural it's... requirement is there, and one of the benefits of that structural requirement is the is the air circulation and the, and the attendant heat related issues. Yes, but the, there is something. To achieve that, yeah. Hang on, back to Ian. Back to Ian. Back to Ian. To achieve that, I don't disagree with what gentlemen say, but to achieve that, you need to move air around, and you'll need larger diameter ductwork to. Um, carry the, the the volume of air around the building and take out exhausted air and bring in new air. Yeah. Okay. So you're both right, except Rob, you're describing a. Yeah, I know you're both. Oh, I'm really confused now, and I've just had a complaint about you, Ian. Apparently, <laughs> but, but just here you go. It's it's from Alex, who's in Guildford. He says he's lying. There is no mezzanine in Guildford. Is it in? <laughs> I won't take the name of the, tell you the name of the supermarket, but it begins with an S. I don't, I mean, it's an odd thing for Alex to get excited about, isn't it? Although you should see the amount of complaints coming in, claiming that Vienna's not even in the top ten countries. I'm completely wrong. It's it's the shop in New Malden. Oh, my God. Fake news, Alex. Fake news from Ian. Well spotted, Alex. Okay, but it doesn't change the nature of your answer. 
I'm going well, to give. Unfortunately, I go to all these blooming supermarkets. I'm going to give you the round of the the round of applause, Ian. But I'm oh, also, but I'm also going to give one to Rob because it's Christmas and I'm feeling like Santa yeah. Claus. Thank you. Oh, you're both very welcome, Ian. First, ho Thank ho ho. <laughs> and Rob, ho ho Thank ho. You. And oh, also Alex good. for the very good fact checking there and pointing out there is no mezzanine in Guildford. Oh, I'm exhausted after all that clapping. We'd better take a break. Coming up at one on LBC, Sheila Fogarty. For the second time in nine weeks, the Queen delivers a speech outlining the Conservative government's proposed laws. This time, a new political era begins. Sheila Fogarty on LBC. Mystery Hour on LBC with James O'Brien. 12.50 is the time. Mystery Hour is nearly over and I can't quite understand how it feels as if we've only just started my thanks to gav who has tweeted to say the current debate on at mr james ob about why supermarket ceilings are so high would you believe as i started reading that tweet my computer went down anyway he was very kind and i agree i thought it was hilarious as well here you go the current debate on at mr james ob's mystery hour about why supermarket ceilings are so high is the most brilliantly ridiculous bit of radio i've heard in a while martin is in mason martin question or answer it's an answer please carry on martin to the green room question oh yes um, it's to make people who tend to be nervous going on TV and in the theatre to relax them, to reduce anxiety. It's a evolutionary psychology issue. Are you because sure people about, feel are you sure more comfortable about, are you sure in the sight of green pastures and green trees because it reminds them of plentiful food and so forth. I thought that... I, I remembered why I thought it was to do with light, because limelight is relevant. They used to use lime to light up theatres, which gave a slightly greenish tinge to proceedings, so they painted the green room green so that the actors are, uh, could adjust more easily when they were coming on and off stage. Well, I can And that's where we get in the limelight um, from as well. As a guest, often the guests would ask the producers what the reason was, and that was always the reason they gave. In, this was in TV land? Yes. So that's your qualification? Yes, I've done hundreds of TV programmes in, in my what, lifetime. In what capacity? Um, <clears throat> I was a judge on Robot Wars, on Scrap Heap Challenge, Tomorrow's World, Sky News, BBC News. Cool beans. And so on. Nice one. And, that, and so why is the green room green? Because it calms people down. Yes. I like that answer. I, d I mean, I, d I don't think I've heard it before. It I've... seems most, more plausible than the limelight one. Really? Then where does me. the word limelight come from then? Oh, yes, it was very white and bright, not particularly... Green. Green. But back in the day, it was... How long have green rooms been around, I wonder? Longer than television, Martin. I've, I can only speak for television, but I think it probably... Anything to do with anxiety and nervousness... I'm going to give you a round of applause because I like it, and, and I think green is quite soothing, but I have a feeling that even in the sort of 17th century they had green rooms, which... But that doesn't mean you're wrong. It could have yes, been to calm down the still, actors. It, it doesn't imply that it's a TV issue. It only implies that it's a calming, relaxing colour. It's true. Um, that's very nicely done, I think. Under your round of applause. I like that one. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much. Is it Professor Martin? Yes, it is. Well, I had no idea you had a multimedia career, despite your academic... Uh, yes, years ago, robots were very popular, and I tended to be one of the guys they often asked onto the programme. To come and do it. Well, that was back in the Craig Charles iteration rather than the Dara O'Brien one. Uh, yes, indeed, yes. A great TV Absolutely show. Absolutely correct. In, in all its different guises. Thank you, Professor Martin. Uh, I, I, I can't get through to James O'Brien on Mystery Hour. 
Well, no, you can't ring. You can't. You can't write in with answers. Sam is in Bristol. Sam, question or answer? Answer. Oh, go on. Answer. Uh, it's about the green room question. Oh no. Uh, so what? the ushers at the London Palladium mm. used to wear green jackets and they used to hang them up in the room and made it look green. Nah, I'm not having that. It is. It's true. Is it? The, L- the London Palladium ushers used to wear green jackets. Well, that, that might be true, but it's not why it's called the green room. It is, and they hung them up on the walls, on pegs, and they were they were green. Listen, repeating it isn't going to make it true. It's not Brexit. <laughs> the, 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 there's a million different theories on this. That's not one of them. Well, my favourite, my favourite, my, my favourite is that it's rhyming slang. Green gauge stage. Yeah. But it's not, it's not the London that. Palladium, because they've been around forever. Either it calms people down, but I think it's the limelight. It's the calcium oxide that was in the lights, made everything green, so they painted the green rooms green so that you wouldn't get freaked out when you... But I'll give you a round of applause as well. Everyone can have a round of applause on this. There is no definitive answer. Keith does not like it. You should see his little face. He gets so cross. Is that because you value the round of applause you've received so much and you think, well, you haven't received one, have you? So you, you just see it as such a big... Ah, oh, so we're tarnishing it by handing them out willy-nilly. Is that, well, no, you can't have one, Keith. 12.54 is the time. Kim's in Stirling. Kim, question or answer? Uh, answer. Carry on. Um, so the math of the world. Yes. Um, so the, the answer, I suppose, isn't particularly exciting. It's a really big number. So right. 5.9 times 10 to 24 kilograms. How do you know? Um, I'm an astrophysicist as my undergraduate which is not what I do now, but the really interesting bit is how we know. Yeah. So in the 1770s, there was a guy called Neville Maskelyne, yeah. who was the astronomer royal at the time. Okay. And he took a commission to try and work out how much the world weighed. So he took his team up a large mountain in the middle of Scotland called Shehalion. Oh, yeah. And they built a pendulum. And right. they, by using some calculations, measuring how much the pendulum deflected away from the mountain, they came up with uh, an answer, which I can't remember exactly what their answer was, but it's very close to what we currently know from mathematical modelling. Really? By swinging the, be- the pendulum the up a mountain, that. he managed to work out the mass of the world? Absolutely. Wow. What was that again? 5.9 times what? 10 to the 24. Times 10 to the power of 24, and that would be the mass. Of the world. This is an answer of uncommon beauty, Kim. I mean, it, it is lovely. It really it's got is. got a nice little um, bit in the car park when you go to climb up the mountain that tells you all about the history. Really? Yeah. And, and your qualifications are your degree in astrophysics? And I've been up the mountain quite a few times. Well, a round of applause then for Kim. At least a round of applause. I think it's one of the nicest bits, though. Go on. The, uh, the mountain translates from Gaelic as the fairy hill of the Caledonians. The fairy hill of the Caledonians? That's it. Oh, that's beautiful as well. Have another round of applause. Keith's apoplectic now, steam coming out of his ears. So it's not my fault you've never got a round of applause, Keith. Kim just knows a lot of stuff, mate. And she's got a lovely turn of phrase. Uh, Rachel's in Twickenham. Rachel, question or answer? It's an answer. Carry on, Rachel. OK, it's a Christmas pudding um, question. Why do we put Coin. pennies in Christmas pudding? Yes. Coins, yes. yes. Um, so my grandmother, who was born in 1901, she always wow. used to cook her own homemade Christmas pudding. We still do. Um, and make them with... Do you? Yeah, my mother-in-law does. Yeah, but... Have a bit of a bit of a ceremony with my nephews and my daughters. It's rather pleasant. But anyway, I digress. Carry mm-hmm. on. Sorry. Well, my, I know my other family members make it, but mm. I never have. It's outrageous. Um, but it it dates it dates back to Edward the I think it would be the second. Um, so hundreds and hundreds of years ago, 
and um, it used to be a pudding that was eaten on the 12th night, so oh, yes. not on Christmas Day afterwards. Um, and there would be a game, and the winner would be the one that got the um, a pea or a bean that had been baked in the pudding. Um, so it was hard, so it was you know funny that someone found it, and then they'd be treated as a king or queen for the rest of the day. That's so it was it. just a game. Um, and then it evolved into putting different things in. Um, so we used to have charms and pennies put in art, but... Right. Um, things like a symbol. If a woman found a symbol, then she'd be single for the rest of the next year. Um, if you found a ring, you'd get married and all that sort of thing. I love it. Um, and then it just evolved into pennies and, and superstition oh, um, bringing you luck. Got a round of applause for Rachel. Thank you. I, I'm moving... I don't get a rainy otter then. Let, don't be ridiculous. I'm moving uh-huh. on only because I want to squeeze in one more answer. Um, and that is going to come from Chris, who's in Worcester. Chris, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer, uh, James. Uh, Merry Christmas up the Harriers. <laughs> up the Harriers, my well, yeah, t- tough times, yeah. eh? Tough times. But anyway, yeah. Philly so, boots. <laughs> so, so this is to do with the first land border. Yes. Um, I. This is actually the Andorra border between France and Spain oh, well from played. around about the mid 1200s. Are you serious? Um, yeah, it was a feudal thing because um, the co-regents of uh, Andorra, the yeah. co-rulers, are the French president. And the Spanish Prime Minister. Ah. It's a feudal thing going back to the um, Fair enough. Uh, 1200. So, yeah. And that, and that is the, the first time that there was a line you could walk over, even though it didn't really mean anything except yes. legally. Yeah. Qualifications? Definitely, yes. Um, I wrote pub quizzes in Worcester and uh, Birmingham, and I actually used this question about six months ago. Did you really? Oh, no. I know, yeah. I know Worcester, and I can't ask you questions about local hostelries because Sheila Fogarty is here. No, I can't. I can't. Do, do you do one in the grape shop? Uh, sadly not. The one I did in Worcester is at the, um, the old Casablanca's wine bar, which is now called the All Basin. Very smart. Thank you, Chris. Round of applause. Good work. Up the Harriers. Here's Sheila Fogarty. I am indeed. Thank you. The Queen's speech, the second in two months, held no surprises, really, did it? Leaving the EU by the 31st of Jan. New funding by law for the NHS. New, arguably unnecessary, visas to fast-track highly skilled doctors and other health professionals from abroad. A care system that does not require you to sell your home. The repeal of the Fixed-Term Parliament Act. Just some of the goodies on offer from this new uh, majority Conservative government. There was no small talk between Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn on the way through from the Commons to the Lords, but there'll definitely be some big talk later in the House of Commons when both leaders will speak about the government's legislative plan. Uh, We'll bring that to you live. And this whole class thing, class thing in the Labour leadership debate, what does it say about us?